Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Terrace, and Hannah Woodward. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Rob. Good to, good to be here with you guys. This is, this is going to be fun. For those of you who are listening and maybe joining us for the first time, Reflections from the Heart is a, a gospel reflection where we're going to look at and, and, and open up the gospel that we're going to hear on Sunday, but we're going to do it before we go to Mass, right? So if you are in a spot where you can access a Bible or go on your phone and, and look, up, uh, look up the Bible, we're going to be reflecting on John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. John 10, 11 to 18. Why don't we start with a prayer? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the opportunity to break open the gospel today uh, that we're going to hear on Sunday. Thank you for loving us so much that you didn't leave us uh, orphans. You you left us with, uh, with with your word, your living word. So as we uh, as we open up the gospel, just help it to penetrate deep in our hearts. Dear Holy Spirit, please grant us the gift of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, uh, the gift of courage to live the gospel, live it each day at home, at school, in the workplace, in the supermarket, everywhere we go, in traffic, right? Uh, live the gospel everywhere we go. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And before we read the gospel, Hannah, you're going to read that for us in a moment. Uh, thank you for, for doing that. Uh, it's, it's, we're going to hear about the Good Shepherd. And uh, I just have this beautiful image. My dad, when he had his, his real estate office, behind his desk, he had a huge picture of the Good Shepherd, Jesus with a lamb, little sheep lamb, over his shoulders, and that was behind him. So like, I can still picture it now. Whenever I visit him in the office, I would see him, and then behind him on the wall was the Good Shepherd, and the sheep looked so peaceful, right, because uh, the shepherd was holding him. So this, this prayer of time that you're going to pray, lead us, uh, lead us in prayer with is called the Prayer for a Peaceful Spirit, and uh, let's be like that sheep. Okay. Prayer for a peaceful spirit. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there's more to life than increasing its speed. It's in living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, 
fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord, grant me rest for my soul, now and eternally with you. Amen. 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 All right. So why don't we open up the, the Gospel, Hannah, for, uh, for this Sunday. All right. This is a reading from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. Those also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Hannah. When, when, you, when you read the part about hearing my voice, whenever I hear this, this, this gospel passage, I always think of Verizon, the Verizon curse. Can, can, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And uh, we, we have five kids, our middle child, Thomas. Got two, got two Thomases here. Right? So we have uh, Thomas. And a little side note, whenever we get to the, you know, the gospel, when Thomas is you know, in there and he, he, you know, he wants to put his fingers in the, in the, you know, in the marks of his hands, I... I, I don't call him Doubting Thomas. I call him Courageous Thomas, right, because he was out getting food for the boys while everybody, you know, they, while they were shaking in their shoes. So my son Thomas, when he was a little guy, he would cry, like cry uncontrollably as a, as a baby, as a newborn, and, uh, and he would cry all throughout the night. So I would take him out, and we called our van the Lullaby Express. So we'd have <laughs> to put him in the van, and we'd just drive around, and we had this, uh, this church near us that had perpetual adoration. So we would go... To, to the church, and I would take him out, you know, in, in, in his car seat, just remove the whole car seat, go into the chapel, and I would just, you know, hang out with Jesus with my, my son Thomas for hours at a time. He just, for a long stretch of, you know, of months, this would, this would go on. And sometimes we all would go home, and he would just fall asleep, like right when I get in the driveway, and I would just sleep the rest of the night in my driveway, in the car with, you know, with Thomas there, just, you know, not to move him or startle him. And one time, that happened where he had fallen asleep. I knew I wasn't going anywhere, and I was reading the gospel for for the day or the gospel for the coming Sunday, and it was this gospel. And when it talked about the voice, you know, and they will hear my voice, I just started thinking, how how do I avail myself to hear your voice in in all aspects of life, you know? And then I just started writing. Good instead of the Verizon commercial, "Can you hear me now?" I wrote, uh, "Good Shepherd, can I hear you now?" In the friends I choose, Good Shepherd, can I hear you now? In the activities I allow myself to be a part of, Good Shepherd, can I hear you now? In the way that I manage the money that you've given me, Lord, Good Shepherd, can I hear you now? And this whole litany of aspects of my life and my relationships and, and, and everything ended with, Good Shepherd, can I hear you now? Because he wants to speak to us in all aspects of our lives and in, in our work, in our family life, in our relationships with, with our friends or significant others, he will, you know, we're going to hear his voice in the, in the way we handle the gifts that he's given us. He wants, you know, he wants to speak through that. 
but we have to avail ourselves to his voice so to, to kind of break away and, and just be in tuned to his voice so good shepherd can i hear you now that just makes me think of how many times has god tried to communicate with me and i just ignore him or i haven't heard him and you know envisioning him as the good shepherd and me as a sheep and how many times has he taken his staff and kind of took my took my neck and you know wrote me back in got the hook huh mm-hmm. um what i was thinking rob because uh, that was one of the passages that jumped out at me was you know the the main qualification for sheep that are not part of jesus's fold at this time is that they hear his voice that, that you know he's as he says there are other sheep who are not of this you know who do not belong to this fold these also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So the thing that really qualifies people who maybe aren't at that point hearing Jesus' voice is that they hear his voice. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing that I was thinking is how many times Jesus said when he gave a, you know, gave a parable or you know, preached on some particular topic, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So hearing is not necessarily just a physical thing. It's really understanding, um, getting engaged with, being affected by, being touched by the words of Jesus. It's not just, oh, I heard them. You know, it's not just that. It's really, I heard them and they affect me. They engage me. They, you know, so, so even if you're not part of this fold, which none of us are because we weren't back in this day, uh, if we hear his voice, we're part of that one flock and that, you know, that one shepherd. And uh, and that's the thing that kind of jumped out to me. He talks a lot about hearing, um, and I think that's that's an important aspect of of our being good, you know, good followers of of Christ, and and in, and then being able to have some share of that peace, you know. And the, the word that jumped out for me was the word lead, because I, I was just it's just funny that every morning, um, you know, when I'm eating breakfast, I have my Kindle out, so I'm reading something, and I'm. Just reading right now uh, a work by Maximilian Kolbe, and uh, he was talking in this book how we have to let, like, the Blessed Virgin Mary lead us. And I think she's also, of course, Jesus is a good shepherd, but I think she also is, a, you know, helping him in his work of shepherding. And uh, he was saying that, you know, we just need to follow the commands of the church, you know, what uh, the commands of God, the commands of the church, and our state in life, and then just allow ourselves to be led and not question why. And he was in this book, he was talking about this one elderly priest who for some reason got reassigned to some other friary. And, um, you know, the other brothers felt bad about it because he was so old and he had been at this friary for a long time. And um, he, this old elderly, elderly priest didn't want to know why. He just said, that's fine, and I'll go. He, he allowed himself to be led and not question why. So I, I just thought it's just like kind of ironic how I was reading that this morning, and then right here, you know, Jesus is leading the sheep and just to be like docile like a sheep or like that priest was and, you know, allow ourselves to be led. It's interesting, Tom, you, you, talk, you said the word why, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a woman that helps us out at a gospel reflection that we do in, in a nursing home. And met her, I met her through that. She was a volunteer there, and then they assigned her to to help get the residents into the gospel reflection. And one time we were talking about suffering and different things, and, and she said, um, why not? She had some stuff happen to her, and she said, you know, the, the, the most significant part, you know, one of the turning points in my life was when I stopped saying why 
And Jesus said, why not? Like, why, you know, why not me? You know, it, you know why, why should I be uh, relieved of, of any suffering? You know, this is, this is, you know, what God has allowed to happen, and it's how I respond to that. And I thought that was really beautiful. And here, it's a Catholic nursing home. Uh, she's volunteering, and we're, and we're you know, doing gospel reflection, and I just assumed that she was plugged in to her faith. And we were together for, for months, months. And then she finally came up to me one day and she said, Rob, I need to thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm now going back to Mass. And, and it's because of seeing you and your family live your faith. I was like, whoa. And I think that was God's way of giving me a big kiss. But also, if I knew that up front, that she wasn't going in, I probably would have tried to close the deal. And I, I, I might have you know, tried you know what I mean? Like I would have been aware and, and been, but I just, you know, the Lord just kept that part of the story uh, away. And you know, I was just able to, to go and be and hang out and, and just let Jesus love her through me. And, uh, and, he, and Jesus allowed me to, to, to be a part of that. And then he allowed me to know that, um, that the little part that I played. So it's, it's, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I've come to appreciate, and Rob, you and I have talked about how we influence the people around us, and and I've come to really appreciate that sometimes it really is better not to know that somebody is an opportunity for conversion or an opportunity to bring, bring back to Christ. But the, the other thing, the flip side of that is that it's better not to know, but you still want to be able to have an impact on people when they are an opportunity, even if you don't know about it. And so it really pushes it back on me, it pushes it back on us to say, are we living our life in a way that we're going to get some of those those situations that come up? And I, you are in this case, and it's a, it's a big heavenly kiss for you. And then, I, you know, I ask myself, am I hearing that from other people? Am I hearing feedback that I'm affecting people in situations where I don't really even know that there was an opportunity, but there was, and the Lord knew it? You know, so am I being... You know, am I being fruitful like Jesus says, you know, 30, 60, and 100-fold just because I'm sowing the seeds and being around there? And so I think that's a big part of it. And the, and the other the other piece of it is, and you guys are touching on it, earlier in the week we had a gospel reflection with some of our Amish brothers, and I got a new definition of faith. It's, it's not new, but it's one that kind of a unique way that they expressed it, which is saying yes to God before you know how. You know, and they—that's kind of what they brought out—is that they get, you know, they get challenges from God to do certain things, and they go ahead and say yes, and they don't say, "How am I supposed to do this?" They say yes first, and then they figure if God's asking me to do it, He's got a plan, so He'll let me know that later. But right now, He just wants to know if I'm on board, and it really got me to thinking. You know, saying yes to God before we know how something's going to get done is really an act of faith. But after you've done it a few times and you know that he has a plan, it's kind of like, okay. It, I mean, it's a, it's still faith because you don't know, but you you see the pattern, you know. And again, it goes back to that: uh, can I have that kind of a can I have that kind of a presence of Jesus in my life that he just radiates out of me, and then I get those heavenly kisses because I'm affecting people in those situations? Do I do I say a yes before I even know how it's going to happen? Mm. You know. Your story reminds me of a story that I heard Father Benedict Rochelle share with Mother Teresa, and, and, and Father Rochelle was stressing about 
paying the bills and insurance and everything for the you know seminarians or the you know the brothers or whoever that was living in their community. And uh, Mother Teresa said, "God's got a lot of money. Yeah. Don't don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. God's got a lot of money." And then she left, and then he gets a call, a random call, and someone said that they received the check, but they're not allowed to take the money, and they thought of him, so they gave the check over to him. He didn't look. And then after the person left, he opened the check up, and it was for the exact amount of like you know three months worth of insurance, health insurance that they were looking to pay, or whatever the, the you know whatever the situation was. But it was like you know perfect timing, perfect amount. Uh, but you know Father Benedict and all the the priests in his community, they they are examples of of saying yes and uh, not knowing how. Yeah, and, and Tom, your story about uh, you know letting the Lord lead but not knowing how just. Reminded me of this book I read one time, The Cross and the Switchblade, where this man oh, went yeah. into the, the uh, ghettos, I think, of New York or something, and he was helping get people get out of gangs, and they found a particular house that they wanted to purchase. They thought it would be perfect, but it was like there's, they're thinking, there's no way we could afford this or, or whatever. And um, sure enough, you know, that's the one that the Lord wanted them to use. But they didn't know how they could afford it. But they went ahead with it anyway. And the money came and they were able to use that house. But they had no idea how they would do it. You know, it's amazing how God does that. Yeah, I think in that book, too, Tom, they were talking about at one of the times maybe it was in that house where they were getting ready for dinner and they didn't have food. They didn't have any food. And they all went in the chapel and were, you know, praying and thanking God for their dinner. And uh, and then when they left the chapel... <laughs> Then food food had arrived and and dinner yeah. dinner was ready. Yeah, there's there are several stories about Mother Teresa. This similar kinds of things where, you know, her sisters would come to her and say, "Mother, you know, we have all these people that we have to feed, and we're out of food in the pantry." And she'd say, "Well, did you did you go to the chapel?" And they'd say, "Well, no." And she says, oh, "Come come with me." And then they go to the chapel and they pray, and they're in there for you know forty five minutes or an hour, and then they come out, and on the way out, somebody walks in and says, we've got this overflow of food from the local prison. We don't know what to do with it, and we just thought we'd bring it over here because we figured you could use it. You know, those are kind of stories like that. I also have a good friend, Father Benjamin, who used to be the uh, chaplain at Holy Spirit Hospital in Camp Hill, who's now in Chicago, but he is uh, originally from um, the uh, the group of untouchables, you know, in uh, in uh, in India. And I remember he, a few years ago, he started on a um, on a clinic. He has he has a, a small school that he has for children who are orphans. Who you know they're they're part of that caste where they they live out in the street if they don't have parents. So he has that school for them. But he started this, and um, it co- it was going to cost sixty thousand dollars. It's a multi room clinic, two floors and all. But they were doing it for sixty thousand dollars. And I said, Father. Um, you've raised the money or most of it? And he said, no, we, we don't have any of it just yet. He said, I made the commitments and we're, we're going ahead. And then he raised $6,000, which was enough to get him started. And he, he just kept, they kept building. And when they ran out of money, they'd ask the contractors to keep working. And if they wouldn't, they'd stop. And then they, they you know, once they got more money, in about six months, they had the clinic built and they were, they, the nearest clinic was eight miles away, so they had to take people when they got a snake bite or something like that. They had to take them eight miles on a bicycle, you know. So finally, they had their own clinic. But it was phenomenal to me that because I was working in business at the time, consulting and saying, "Well, you know, before you do something like that, you have a plan, you have a you know financial plan, you know where money's coming from." He just started building, he engaged contractors, and the money came. He had, by the time it was open, it was paid. 
you know, it was paid off. So and we had such a treat last week. We had a visitor, Monsignor Walsh from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and he was sharing what God put on his heart, uh, helping Spanish-speaking communities, and in particular this one parish. He was telling us a story how uh, God put on his heart to help the kids of the Spanish-speaking families to go into the high, to go into the school, the parish school, and he just you know said yes without knowing how, and then now every child uh, that is able to go to the school or wants to go to the school is able to go. I think it's like the only parish in the whole archdiocese where every child that you know that the family is engaged in the faith is able to go into the school, and he so just humbly just pulled out these like, little folded up pieces of paper and said, you know, when, you know, when I need money, I just, you know, send out my newsletter. And like here, I'm thinking like this, you know, fancy newsletter is going to come out. And it's like this folded up, like little black and white letter. And you know, I send it out to, you know, a group of, group of my faithful supporters and, 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 and the money comes. I mean, just, and, and he, remember, yeah. he, like, yeah, yeah, remember that was such peace, right? Didn't he have so much, like a twinkle in his eye, just a peace about him. And, uh, you know, saying yes and not knowing how. And that's laying down your life, right? You know, we talk, it talks here about the, the, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So Monsignor Walsh looks at those children as his sheep, right, that he's you know, responsible for. And he laid down his life. He just, yeah, you know, he write, write, write his own check. And then when his money ran out, he asked other people and God provided. And, and for us as, you know, for those of us who are here and listening that are married, lay down our life for our spouse. Those who are single, how do we lay down our life for for our, our parents and our family and our friends and, and whoever's in front of us in ministry, right? How do, as, as the shepherds of whoever's in front of us, how do we do that? And how can we, how can we do it um, to a greater degree imitating Christ and his selfless love? Yeah, it seems like the Lord is, is the one uh, behind it all, and he's using all of us, like Mother Teresa, Father Groeschel, Father uh, Walsh from last week. He uses them to you know, lead his people in, in different ways. You know, when I read this, the first thing that, you know, comes to my attention is the wolf coming toward, you know, this flock of sheep and scattering them and catching them. And, I mean, I know the wolf represents evil, so in my life I think, who are the wolves or what are the wolves in my life that are pulling me away from God? And, um, you know, we were at Stewardship of Leadership meeting last week, and one of the teachers was sharing a story of loss um, in her family, and she was angry with God, and she learned that she needs to pray how to get through, you know, these tough situations or these wolves in her life rather than why is God sending them my way? Because um, we get so angry that these wolves are coming into our lives and pulling us away from God, and um, we need to pray how. How can we get this wolf out of my life? So, Thank you, Hannah. And, and this, we're, we're one, I was one verse away from my favorite Verse being in here, John 10.10 10 is my favorite verse. The thief comes to rob, steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly, that we have to trust that God has our back. He wants, to, he wants us to have an abundant life, abundant peace and joy and love. And, uh, and when the wolves are surrounding us and, and these situations are happening, let's just hold on to that promise. You know, even though it's not in this Sunday's gospel, just you know, do a little, <laughs> do a little pre-reading, right? John 10, 10, that God wants to give us that abundant life. And it's funny, my mom, you know, always, I don't know if it's because I'm the youngest in an Italian family, but my mom is very active in my life still. And she was on me about John 10, 10. I finally read it after like seeing 10, 10 everywhere. And I finally read it. And it is what we just said about the abundant life. And then God just continues to put 10, 10 in my life, my family. It's like our family thing. Whenever the 10, 10's on, 
the, the clock or anywhere. And one time, I guess I needed to hear the message. I woke up, got my shower, getting ready, and I ran out of deodorant. And I usually use my wife's deodorant when I run out of mine. And there, she didn't have any, any left either because I guess I used hers too. So I had, to, <laughs> I had to get dressed without putting deodorant on. And it's like, that's the worst when you're like, you know, you have to like go back and like kind of go like out of the process, out of the steps. So I, you know, got dressed, went out to the store. It was, you know, 530 in the morning, cold. And I'm not, I don't do the shopping in our, in our house. So I go to CVS or whatever I went and I go to the deodorant section and it's like, like a, a wall of 500 <laughs> different choices. And I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. So as a guy, what do I do? I look for the cheapest one, right? So I see you know, one, I get one. So I better get one for Megan because I used hers and I start walking away. Oh, let me get another one. Let me get Megan another one. And I go to the, the checkout counter and the, the girl rings me up and guess how much it was. 10, 10. <laughs> so she says, 10, you know, $10, 10 cents. I was like, oh, that's my favorite Bible version. She's like, oh, thank you. You freak out here. Right? And so here, God got me up, had me run out of deodorant, didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to buy, how many I was going to buy, just for him to say, Rob, I came so that you would have life and have it to the fullest. Even if he needs to show you through deodorant. Yes. You know, at least it wasn't a hot day either. Yeah. At least it was cold. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, <laughs> he, and he reinforced the fact that you really did need that deodorant. So. Amen. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. To, just a just a challenge. I think that seeing the wolf and not running away, I think, is a challenge I'm going to take from the passage. You know, when we see the wolf coming and we don't run away, because otherwise we're just a hired hand. You know, and our our four year old daughter, she's our youngest, and I guess she just mimics me. And because uh, I always say, "Do you want me to hold you?" And then when she wants me to hold her, she'll put her arms up and say, "Hold you." hold you and and we have this like this relationship where it's funny because i love to cuddle and she'll cuddle with me and she'll, i love you daddy and then like the next minute it's like you're weird and then she runs away all right so when she's when i'm holding her it's like i and, and she's allowing me to hold her it's so peaceful for her and for me right and i think that's the same with god when we allow god to hold us right we feel the peace we feel his love, right? And God gets joy out of that as well, as opposed to being like, you know, all all stiff and, and squirmy and try to trying to, to run out of his arms. So with that, I want to thank you guys and I thank everyone who's listening and just wish um, wish you all a great day and may God bless each and every one of you. Thank you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.